Tired of ads interrupting your favorite show? Good news. Ad-free listening on Amazon Music is included with your Prime membership. Just head to amazon.com slash ad-free fitness to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Enjoy thousands of ACAST shows ad-free for Prime subscribers. Some shows may have ads. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A new year is full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take care of orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM. For a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code program. This is the Secret Library Podcast. Welcome to Season 8, where our theme is wonder. For many of us, when we write, we focus on the end product. We focus on what we want to accomplish and getting it out into the world where others can read it. However, it's just as important how writing transforms our lives. What does writing change about how we experience the world around us? This season, we will have a series of conversations with people who look at how writing has impacted them how it has changed their everyday experience, what impact writing has had on their lives. I know you will love hearing these conversations as much as we loved recording them. And I hope that by the end, you will have found a pathway to wonder through writing yourself. And here we are. It's the final episode of season eight. I'm surprised that we're here already. We've had so many exciting conversations during this season. And here we are with my final episode, where it's just me and you talking about the gifts of writing and how they've played out for me. I was thinking about enchantment and wonder and the shifts of mentality that writing has created. And it was a total coincidence that Catherine May's book came out and the opportunity to speak with her appeared at that same time. 
But these are the kinds of things that I've noticed begin to happen when you embrace writing and start to follow its mysterious and exciting suggestions. The thing that I've noticed is that writing has presented me with many challenges that become possibilities, that become opportunities. And this keeps reforming life in general. There is this challenge in the beginning to write something, or at least there was for me. The idea of writing a complete novel was astonishing to me. I had no idea how someone could do this. And a couple of days before it was to begin, it was the end of October, a friend who was a new friend at the time suggested that we do NaNoWriMo. I don't know if she was quite that declarative about it, but she told me that she was doing NaNoWriMo. I'd never heard of it. And when she explained it to me, I knew that I had to do it. This challenge was there. And so I wrote this terrible novel, which I'm sure I've told you about before, over the course of that November, which is probably 25 years ago now, or somewhere along that line, probably maybe closer to 20. And the thing that shifted after that was that even though it was a terrible book, even though I knew, even as I was writing it, that I wasn't going to revise it, but I couldn't go back to the belief that writing 50,000 words or some multiple of that was impossible anymore. That cat was out of the bag, so to speak. I had been holding myself back with this belief of, oh, I probably don't have enough to say, or there's, there's no way I could fill a book with enough story and enough events. And yet trying it... There were events. They weren't organized or logical or <laughs> happening in any order that would make sense to anyone who wasn't kind of tripping on drugs. I just sort of went with any prompt that came to me that day, whether it was logical for the character or the story or what. It was just, I needed to come up with another scene. And so I kept going. And at the end of that draft, I knew that I could write enough to fill a book. But then a new challenge appeared, which was to write a book that made some sense and where all the scenes fit together and were about the same character and proceeded logically. And so that was my next challenge. And the thing about writing is that whenever one of those challenges is presented and we get through it, then it creates this new question of, well, if I can do that, then what else can I do? I've seen this happen over and over again with students and clients. There's this reality that we all live in. And then once we push that boundary a little bit and we're able to do more than we thought, it starts to shimmer and it starts to shift. And we start to consider limits that we thought we had as flexible in ways that they maybe weren't before. Because this is the thing about writing is that you're telling stories about people 
trying things, failing, succeeding, moving through life. And so that's another thing that happens is that we're more empathetic to the many ways people can try things, the many ways challenges can be approached and how they can crush us or be the making of us. All of that comes through writing and being in a world where we're exploring this over and over again and thinking about it, it changes a lot. And I think what this has led to is this feeling that being a writer allows me in some ways to live longer and to experience more because I'm writing books about characters who are living different kinds of lives. In some cases, they're doing jobs or pursuing adventures or trying things that I've imagined trying myself, but they weren't based on the field that I went into or they weren't the career I ultimately decided to pursue or they live somewhere I decided I wasn't going to move to. But that doesn't mean I don't get to spend time in my imagination pursuing these things. I can write characters who do it and it's as if there are these parallel universes, sort of like in that amazing film, Everything Everywhere All at Once. There are different versions of us living based on different choices we've made in these parallel realities and some of those can become characters. I have students who have built whole novels on a prompt I shared, which was, if you weren't doing what you were doing now, what job would you have chosen or can you imagine yourself doing? And spending a lot of time in that alternate reality means that there is this ability to live out that dream and potentially write a book, write a short story, write something, even an essay exploring this possibility. And that gives you a way to get more out of the time that you have. And I've found this to be true for me. And this is one of the unexpected benefits that writing has given me. I mean, in addition, writing has really built me the most wonderful community as well. I think when we, when we write, there is a way that it allows us to make connections across distance and time, really, because we're communicating through the written word. And that's something that travels really well. Writers are really good letter writers. They're really good emailers. They're really good commenters often in online forums. And so I have now a community of people all over the world that are thoughtful, engaged, and asking interesting questions, pondering different ideas, and writing stories that expand their knowledge of what the world looks like. You've met some of them in this season, so you can see the type of amazing conversation that happens when you open up a space where writers can think and discuss and imagine. And being able to have that connection, the majority of people 
I've made friends with in my kind of over 35 have mostly been writers or creatives. And I think some of that is because I lived in different places and being able to reach out over distance is easier as a writer because a lot of that communication happens in written form. I mean, there are loads of groups and communities that I find wonderful. I also think that making friends with other knitters is very satisfying and it's a good way to meet new people. If you've moved to a new city, I highly recommend founding or joining a knitting group. But by the same token, founding or joining a writing group is another way to be part of a community that is thoughtful and engaged and also vulnerable because working on your own story, sharing it with others is a hugely intimate process. So there's an, a, a need for trust and respect. And when the community works well, it's one of the most supportive and generous places out there. So I am a big advocate of making friends with writers and allowing writing to bring friends to you. The other thing is that not only are you writing over distance, but you can also make connections over time. I like to think of writing as passing notes with the future, whether that's my future self, because that's a lot of what having a journal is like is writing notes that my future self can understand. And uh, one of my favorite practices lately, I have uh, one of those five-year diaries where each page is broken up into one-fifth. And then you have about a few sentences worth of space. And I like to make notes every day about what I did, but mostly what I noticed and what was surprising or what was funny even better that happened that day, knowing that the next year on that same date, that future me will be writing about a day that year, but we'll also get to go back and experience the day that she had the year before. And I love this communication with the future. And if we have faith and persistence, this can happen with readers because there's always a time jump between when we write a book and when we publish it, even if we are incredibly fast-paced writers and revise really quickly, there's still a period of time between when you start with an idea and then get the book out. Whether that gap is months or years, that can be a time travel move. And then whoever the reader is later is a reader who's living in a different moment than you were when you wrote it. And this could be when we're no longer here, but it can also be when we are and people reading our books at points that look different, when events are different, when the way the world looks has shifted. And yet they have a relationship with our work and are able to respond to it. And 
sometimes reach out and respond to us. And these conversations are so wonderful. I was at a friend's art show this past week. And I, I had a thought about the fact that we often spend a lot of time and effort worrying about potential pain and distress and criticism that may happen if we share our work beyond our very safe community, which may just be us, or our very safe little writing community. There is a fear about publishing and putting work out there to receive responses from the public. But going to this art show that my friend put out was such a good reminder because it was visual art and there were tons of people displaying. And the thing that was so heartening to see was the incredible community between the artists and how so many people had showed up to walk through this space. And there were a series of small rooms with various artists' work pinned up on the wall. And they were stopping and having conversations about what about the art spoke to them and what was meaningful. And my friend was saying, because this friend doesn't normally do, a visual art is not their main pursuit professionally. They do other things as well. So this is a side passion project and that has had a lot of time and energy put into it, but there hadn't been exhibitions as often. And so to have people show up and respond to the work and say things that they saw in it and bring their own excitement and, and intuition and questions and curiosity was so lovely and rejuvenating. And I think we forget that this is a possibility because we're so afraid that we're going to get mean comments or low, low starred reviews. And that is part of the process. But in some ways, sitting outside, there was a nice area outside and it was a beautiful day and lots of people were coming by and sitting and having having a drink and talking to each other. And it was a good reminder that this is part of putting work out too. This is part of engaging with people who haven't seen the work yet. It's about being part of a conversation and about finding those who are moved and inspired by what we have to say and learning how they were moved and being able to grow and keep creating with that in mind. I think the thing about being a creative, and I'll speak to being a writer because it's the thing I do most, is that it's very easy for us to find reasons to be scared. It's very easy, and, and some of this is just the way our brains are wired. Things that are scary and dangerous are more threatening and more important, or at least weighted to be so by our brains, because that could have killed us at one point. Being shut out of a community meant no access to food supply. It meant that we were not safe. So we get really scared about this and we tend to evaluate situations based on how safe we're going to be. Is it going to threaten our place in the world? And we tend to think 
that sharing creative work is a life or death situation. And yet, there are so many benefits that come with writing, some of which I've shared in this episode. And those are the things that I've realized I could not have anticipated. I didn't realize that writing and starting this podcast would mean that I would build and connect with a network of people that are so important to me now. I couldn't have imagined that that would be part of this process when I started taking writing much more seriously in my 20s. And I didn't know that I would be able to interview writers. I didn't know that we would all be having these kinds of conversations about how we think about life and how we can explore it through characters. I just knew that I loved books and I wanted to be a part of making them. That's all I was thinking about in my early 20s. And so it's very easy to go to this idea of what if people don't like them? What if it doesn't go the way I want? What if people are mean? We don't even consider what if people are wonderful? What if people are encouraging? What if they have ideas and respond to our work in ways we couldn't have imagined that gives us even more ideas of what to pursue further? It's, it's important to know that there are gifts that can come with writing that you have no idea about yet, that you will only notice after they show up. I couldn't have made this list of things that I hoped for from writing at the beginning of the process. The list would have looked very different. And there are still things that I wish for, you know, being nominated for a prize, winning a prize, being published by a particular publisher, or having an opportunity to speak at a particular literary event. These are all still dreams. But I think I would have thought those were the pinnacle early on, not a nice to have. And they've become nice to have because the other things and feeling that I'm using my time in a way that matters to me, that I'm exploring ideas and stories. And most of all, I'm getting to be part of a conversation. I think that when we allow ourselves to write, when we allow ourselves to complete the story or put the story down on paper that we have in our minds, we're giving ourselves permission to have a say. We're saying that this counts and I count and what I have to contribute counts. And giving yourself that permission and giving yourself that space and support and making choices about how you spend your time or who you connect with and what kinds of things you do every week, all of that is a profound support of yourself and who you are and saying that you're a valuable contributor to the conversation that's happening through books and you are. So I encourage you to keep thinking about not just the gifts that have already come from writing and they may be things as simple as one that I think about all the time, which is that even if I have a really shitty day, even if I have a really shitty week, 
in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, I don't have to right now. It's okay to feel shitty right now and to be with that. But I do know that somehow, someday, this could be useful to me. It could be something that will help me write something more empathetic, more emotionally true. It is material. I like to say to students and clients and myself, we don't have shitty days anymore. We get good material. And the amount of time between the shitty day and when it becomes material varies tremendously. But at least knowing the possibility is there really does help. So the other thing that I want to acknowledge that is a huge gift that writing has given me is the creation of this show. So writing allowed me to stay curious, to connect with people, and to make now eight years of interviews and episodes. Much like this season, I'm astonished that it's been eight years. It feels like it's gone by in a flash. It feels like it's been a few months. And I'm stunned that we're already at the end of season eight as well. I had so much fun recording these conversations. And time flies, and yet time is extra delicious when you involve writing. I particularly want to thank you for listening to this show that we've created for the past eight years. It wouldn't be here if not for the incredible support we've received from listeners, the notes we get, the comments, the input that it has made a difference and keeps you feeling encouraged and keeps you writing. That makes me so happy. Nothing makes me happier than hearing that the show matters. And I want to ask you for a small gift to celebrate the eighth anniversary of the show. And that is just, if you haven't done so already, if you would please leave a rating and review of the show wherever you listen, that would be the most wonderful gift and celebration. It makes such a huge difference in terms of where the show appears in search results and helps more people find it. And so we want as many listeners to find this show who could be helped by it and who would enjoy it as possible. And you are sharing your thoughts and recommendations is everything. So we'll be back soon um, in a few months with season nine. I haven't yet chosen the theme. I find that for these seasons, I sit with it and I see what questions are coming up from clients and students in our membership. I see what, what the world feels like. There's a temperature taking process. And then there's also what I'm focused on and what feels really useful and present for everyone. And so if you want to hear about what the next season topic is first, if you want to stay in touch, and if you would like to keep receiving some inspiration and stories and tips between seasons, I encourage you to sign up for Footnotes, which is my weekly email letter where I share 
a writer's success and approach. I've shared tips and tools I'm playing with and other sources of encouragement that have come up. So if you're sad that we're at the end of a season and you want to stay connected during the break, you can go to secretlibrarypodcast.com slash footnotes. So secretlibrarypodcast.com slash footnotes, and you'll get a letter on Thursdays, just like the show, and stay inspired. That's what we want after all. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Thank you for being part of the community. Thank you for trusting us and most of all for trusting yourself and putting your writing out there. I hope this encourages you to keep going and to know that even though writing can be challenging, the challenge is worth it. And the impact on your life is so valuable. And all of the benefits are gonna keep appearing as you go and as you trust yourself to keep writing. Enjoy, and I look forward to speaking with you again soon. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite show? Good news. Ad-free listening on Amazon Music is included with your Prime membership. Just head to amazon.com slash ad-free fitness to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Enjoy thousands of ACAST shows ad-free for Prime subscribers. Some shows may have ads.